0: That is profoundly ugly. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> he's so fucking goofy. <laughs> yeah, go ahead I'm balding. Oh my god. I can't focus. Hey guys, this is Mike Hawkins. This is the Scared Stiff Podcast. Uh we're here to talk about lots of horror and fun stuff, maybe other things down the road. This is our first recording. Uh so we hope you enjoy it. This is my co-host Scott Noyce. She's going for the throat. Nice, nice blanket. Yeah, dude. It's all about the uh, the movie we're talking about today, Space Jam. <laughs> Only one third of the, of the people watching this will actually Get up that and light. slam! Oh my god! Oh, how you doing?
1: Pretty good, dude. I had a pretty decent day. As with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm excited. Evil Dead's one of my favorite franchises, and you know. Everyone talks about how great the first one is, and that's the one we're going to be talking about today. But primarily, I'd love to talk about a lot of things that I love, and unfortunately, am not too hot on. But at the same time, express why this film is so good. It's created certain things like, you know, not just the film franchise, but a musical, video games have spawned from it. You know, that show that happened on stars wouldn't happen without the first film especially. And I think there's so many reasons why people can latch on and love the Evil Dead franchise. And I can't wait to talk
0: about that. Me too. I, I, it's just amazing considering the humble beginnings of this, this franchise, because this movie, a, it took two years to film because they had to spread it out over multiple tries. And it's such a low budget film. I mean, its budget was $350,000 and it, it, Exploded into this you know it's not like the highest profile franchise in the world, but it's something that has a very dedicated following and it's followed like you said so many different types of media comic books too, and um it's just insane that this tiny little film became what it was I can't believe you hit me with that. I can't
1: believe you like hit me with the one I didn't mention it was comic books that's kind of fucked up but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing that's so great about the budget is that like unfortunately it shows sometimes certain things don't come up at the par and the budget is super prominent by saying we can do a lot of great things with this budget but some things do falter but the best thing about that is that i know i still love this movie and if i can still love it with problems like that you really realize that sometimes not everything has to look amazing not everything has to be perfect
0: and that's totally cool and that's kind of the, the kind of the nice thing about this movie. Um, while I was watching it, I today I was thinking to myself, "Wow, this movie strikes like the perfect balance of that that like '80s cheese and actual legit like malevolent atmosphere." Especially when you get to the cabin. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, from the first frame with the music and the way that the, I mean, the title card comes up is a little cheesy, but it, it's it just strikes this balance because def- despite the fact that it is che- cheesy, some of the, the acting is a little and um but it still maintains this relentless tension despite that
1: yeah i mean that's the best thing about it really um i think this movie along with a lot of other popular ones like halloween friday the 13th it really showcased not just what you can do with a low budget but most prominently what you can do with a well fleshed out score oh yeah I think the score really sells on not just how powerful it makes scenes feel, but really how much you can do with so little. Because there's not a whole lot of like in-depth uh, in depth, notes that like really take a piano player like, oh, I got to learn this. It's going to take a few months. But what you do here feels so enticing and dramatic. And that's what I kind of love about horror scores in general, is that it isn't super difficult, but finding the way to, have a small balance to strike fear yet also be very alarming and start out calm. It's so cool. Cause you get so much mixed emotion
0: in these scores. I, I found it. Um, it's another thing I thought while I was watching it was like Halloween. And I even referenced that in my, the notes I was taking like Halloween, this movie benefits from the simplicity of it, including the music. The music's very simple. Um, the story is very simple. Um, but in that simplicity, what you get instead is a director who can really come in and really make a mark with his flair. And I mean, like one of the most undeniable tenets of this franchise from beginning to end has been just the quality of craftsmanship as far as directing, cinematography, um, editing. Like it, it's, it's, a, it's a very well made movie. It has some actually innovative uh, camera moves and, and um, methods that no one had really done up to that point. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> There's uh, The way he does uh, his
1: cinematography, where it feels like something's attacking you or running, I can't name a film before that where I can notice that type of effect. And I know people really think of Sam Raimi and think of these films when they think of that type of movement. Because there are films that emulate it nowadays, I mean, when I was in college, I had to do a short film with my buddy. And when we were doing one of the scenes, it was kind of like a whole joke on like Aladdin or whatever. But when we use the object that like summons the genie, the way he used it, he did the same effect of how Sam Raimi would charge into and break into a room. And it's like, yeah, that's pretty genius. And he wouldn't have done that without this film.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like, that's something that like, even if you haven't seen Evil Dead, um, most people, if, you, if you, you've seen anything by Sam Raimi, you've seen his Spider-Man films. And particularly in the second film, um, during the Doc Ock sequence, it's all evil dead. Like all the camera moves are evil dead. Um, and it's awesome. But I think the greatest thing about that, and it's something that we will get into more later because it, it rolls through the entire film and especially to the final shot, which is one of the best final shots I've seen in a horror movie ever, um the cool thing about it is that you, the camera is is speeding through these environments and they it, it is coming from the perspective of the evil that is attacking these people which also you never see which is exactly art yeah because because the the nice thing about it, it's theater of the mind you what you're going to interpret that evil as is going to be 10 times scarier than anything sam Raimi could have shown you And that's the smart part about it. Again, it's beauty and simplicity. Also, that's also the best part about having like a low budget at times is if you have a a filmmaker that will rise to the occasion, you will get smart ideas out of limitations. That's the biggest thing about limitations
1: in general. You only have so much you can do. And that's why you always feel like you have to push your own creativity because you don't have an option at the end of the day. Either we do this and we get creative about it or... It's just game over. We can't do anything. And you really see how he did that a lot of times, especially with the special effects, because, you know, there's the one scene in the movie where the hands burst out of like Cheryl and I think Scotty. Yeah. And that must have been take, that must have taken so much time, money and just like planning. I'm pretty sure a lot of the budget and time went into that part because it didn't take a super long time to shoot this film. So when it came to other effects, it's like, all right, let's try claymation this will be a little cheaper and easier to figure out and do that and that's why also some effects like the makeup can be stellar in
0: some scenes but it really falls through in other scenes yeah i agree and also the um the the claymation which is something again we'll we'll talk about a little bit later it's kind of amazing that they even did that on the budget that, that they had and yeah it's probably not the best claymation in the world but it's still undeniably impressive I mean,
1: it speaks a lot about me for like being an animation guy. I think it sucks that we don't get claymation anymore. And I do respectably understand that. And I think when people say, oh, you know, it's a shame we don't have claymation. A lot of times it's just not going to mix well. You're not going to have an artist that's that adept to claymation and stuff where they feel strongly about putting it in some films, not like animatronics. I, I cannot see a good excuse why some animatronics aren't being used today like th- i think that just comes out of being like lazy or just time constraints claymation i get it like i love stuff like clash of the titans jason and the argonauts but you don't have a lot of Ray harry houses nowadays so like oh yeah it sucks but you get used to it but stuff like the animatronics especially in like 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 the hand i was mentioning before why don't we have more stuff like that like I'm not an advocate for saying CG doesn't need to be in everything, but there's some times where it doesn't need to be there. And that does suck.
0: It's kind of like that's something like, again, something that this movie is really known for is is just how brutal it is at times. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just the, the level of gore. And that's that comes to be part of that. Like by the end of that movie, it is everyone's a puddle of goop um it's it's ridiculous oh i should also probably say that um this is gonna be a spoiler spoilers ahead discussion. sorry for we're the not, late announcement gonna, we fucked up um hold anything back so if you haven't seen it you should probably watch it first um but yeah like the entire movie like just it, it, everything is blood-soaked by the end of this movie Like i get why it's rated nc-17 for just for the gore alone um and just not wanting to cut anything <laughs> but um yeah some of the stuff at the end is gross like actually gross mm-hmm. People are like. It looks like they're like puddle of, puddles of vomit by the end of the movie. It's, it's crazy. Especially knowing that they didn't have many takes for that. So
1: like you got what you could on it. And yeah. thank God. I mean, some of the angles are as best positioned as they can be because, you know, if an actor doesn't sell that, you better have an angle where it doesn't show like it requires a whole lot out of them. Yeah. And I think we've talked about a lot of positives in the film. Because you can go on for the positives in this film, but I think it's good to bring up some of the negatives. Oh, yeah. And this film is fantastic. You couldn't have it and not have the other films afterwards. There are definitely problems in this film. And I think Mm -hmm. one of them is the pacing. (laughs) You have a a film that's an hour and 25 minutes and still it feels like
0: you could lose some time on there. Yeah. See, so while I was watching it today, I was thinking to myself, wow, um, there's some shots here where they, they hold it a bit longer than it really needs to be there for. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like they could have trimmed down some of the shots. Like, like Sam, he, he lingered on some things that just like when they're walking over to the cellar after the cellar pops up and they're like, Oh God, what's going on with the cellar? And they're like, they're literally standing over the cellar and the, the camera holds for another like three or four seconds. Yeah. More than it has to,
1: and I get um, it.
0: Like, he does that a lot too for a lot of scenes for trying to depict horror, and a lot of people
1: do it still to this day. But sometimes, when everything feels so fast paced, especially with his movies, yeah. when you get something slow like that, it's like it feels really slow. The whole last like 15 minutes, there's a lot of awesome action, but whenever there's not action, it feels like scenes
0: are really dragging to get to the next action scene. You see, that's kind of funny because what uh, for me, when all the shit just starts going down when all the debt, when the deadites start showing up, I feel a lot of the time, it, it almost feels not, it's not that it doesn't have moments to breathe because they do stop every once in a while to just breathe. But mm-hmm. for the most part, it feels pretty relentless to me after a certain point, like maybe after yeah. the first 30, 45 minutes, it's just, it doesn't stop, stop. Like it, it just, it keeps going and getting more like more and more violence and and people just start getting just whacked. Like, like that's kind of the thing that I admire most about the movie is that after a certain point, it's just hell for, yeah. for Ash. Like, it's just it's just hell from from the for, pretty much from when when uh, his sister gets possessed on. It's just relentless.
1: Well, the best thing about that too is that after the sister gets possessed, there's still a good amount of cast that's still like totally right. coherent, alive, and that like they become very important and one by one as they go off ash becomes the sole survivor but even at that point there's a lot of the runtimes already being been gone through like you're already halfway done with the film before even another person pretty much gets infected i'm pretty sure and yeah. then i mean scotty doesn't go until what the
0: last 20 minutes maybe scotty, he's the last one he, to go he's yeah. the last one to get possessed yeah um, um and and he i think he's the last of them to die 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 yeah i mean him and cheryl pretty much go at the same time yeah yeah that's that's it's kind of impressive because it's like usually usually movies they space out deaths uh in in a in a manner in which that they almost feel rhythmic yeah uh, especially in this era but here it's almost like it's an avalanche yeah towards the end because like the only person that dies early on is um linda Uh, no she actually doesn't die though
1: yeah it's um scotty's girlfriend dies first.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Girlfriend. They definitely yeah. the, the one that the one that that like she gets literally no. Yeah. No screen time. And
1: I think the best thing about this film too is it's so polar opposite from all the rest of the evil deads because Ash doesn't kill or hurt anyone until well ever half the movie. Like oh, yeah. Scotty does most most of the killing, most of the action and he has to push Ash to do it, which is great because you know when you're saying to your friends, "Oh yeah, Evil Dead's great. Watch it. Ash is a fucking great protagonist, or whatever." You know they're like, "Oh sick." They're gonna put on this first film, and be like, oh, "He's kind of a fucking dumbass." Like, he's not yeah, dumbass, I mean, that's... Right. like, but that's great because for a fierce film, you don't want to feel like he's just like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna kill my sister." Like, let's go. Like, that's not a great way to start off. Like, hey, like, let, let me let me well, cut my let me cut my, my girlfriend's know.
0: head off with a chainsaw. But let's you go, definitely bro. know
1: by the end by the more recent entries in the series. When if his sister's a guy, he's like, All right, like let's go. But yeah, the that, first kinda... one, he he can't do anything. Um yeah, one of the most famous one of the most famous scenes is from the second film where you know he chainsaws off Linda's head. Yep. That's not in the first film, but there's a scene where they show he might do it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, I want to do it. And that's a great way of how the first movie sets up something and delivers on the second one and saying, He does it. This ash is different. He's gone through some different stuff. And he's a a more, I wouldn't say crazy, but like unpredictable character.
0: Yeah. To me, um actually two separate points. That scene in particular is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. When when he's when he's gonna chainsaw her head off and he can't do it because he sees the necklace that she says at the beginning, like, I'll never take this off and he by the way ugly fucking necklace but uh he he doesn't right. want to cut her head off so it's, it's pretty tra- like it's, it's whoa, kind of it's whoa. a tragic moment
1: i would agree by saying that i think that's one of the best scenes it's tragic but the delivery is is decent but i don't know how strongly i'd feel if it wasn't for the other entries in the franchise because that scene creates the second movie scene where he does do it because yeah. that that's why this film really does benefit from being a franchise there's so many films especially in the 80s where you may like the sequels but it doesn't benefit at all from being a franchise the franchise benefits by making buku fucking dollars but like you feel like things are so disjointed and it's forced to work in this film they set up scenes like that so when you have a sequel it's like we can deliver on that you know almost like how sequels are supposed to be planned out but they definitely didn't plan for a sequel. Half the movie no. is a reshoot of like the first movie, but he still went in there saying, I'm gonna make this work. I'm gonna deliver on these scenes, and yeah. that's why it's so awesome. And
0: that's, that's kind of the thing. I, I, I look at the like I don't know if this has actually been confirmed by by Sam Raimi or, or anybody. I look at it this way, like, yes, obviously, um, the reason why the sequel is the way it is is because they didn't have the rights. Yeah. But to me, like headcanon wise, and I don't like I don't usually like headcanon, but wise to me, at the end of this movie, the evil rushes him, and to me, the entire the reason why he's so friggin' nuts into is because he has been reliving this over and over oh, again. Okay. There's nothing to base that off of, absolutely at all, as far as I know. But I, I just think that's a really interesting idea, and kind of makes the ending more fucked up. But yeah, like that, I, I like that scene <sighs> so much because it in in this movie, especially because it's in it's somewhere in between when when the the whole just like the train leaves the station and it just gets relentless. It's a moment to breathe that actually feels earned because it feels like someone uh, he's, he's stopping to have a human moment and it's something that's not, it doesn't happen that much in this movie. Um, It's mostly just dread.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, not only that, but I think one of the, one of my favorite things about having a human moment is that versus the other films, this film having Cheryl be the last deadite pretty much besides Scotty because Linda being there is always something but Cheryl's his immediate family it's his sister for the second movie that role is replaced by Henrietta which is the the woman's mom and as great as Henrietta is as a design and like a, a polar opposite to like Ash in that movie yeah And like there's also you know the evil Ash which is you know just the exact polar opposite it's still nice to have a human character who he's related to, and that's the one that lives the longest. Even though she's also the first one infected,
0: that's something nice that this film does. That the second
1: one doesn't deliver on nearly as much.
0: Uh, one of the things actually I like about Ash is they they spend the beginning of the movie. Maybe maybe I'm I'm, I'm thinking this up in my head, or I'm overthinking this, but it really doesn't feel like they're pushing Ash as the the lead until things start going awry. Because they they focus more, uh, they follow Scotty more. A lot of the time you know when they're going into the cabin they're following scotty through the cabin they're not paying attention to him um he's taking initiative where no one else is taking it um it seems like they're they're almost bait and switching you and giving you the person that is the weakest to push them to be stronger and i i've always found that kind of a of a a bait and switch interesting i think that's i think that's true to an extent
1: i think scotty has more of an aggressive role in the movie but i think screen time wise ash has more of a center lead because like when they have the scene with him and linda they focus on that more versus scott doesn't have any human scenes really he does feel like a headstrong character stereotype versus ash they wanted the devil as being a character versus most of the other actors don't really get to be characters versus just i'm the girlfriend i'm the sister i'm the aggressive best friend and then i'm the best friend's love interest you know yeah. Uh, I do agree that he feels like more of an archetype of being the protagonist. Yeah, and I think that's why it's great that he does live the longest because you know he's doing most of the action, he's taking charge. It wouldn't make sense if, for him to die right away. When he gets mangled, you don't even see it happen. Yeah, know, That's I, I'm sure that's a budgetary thing. Probably. <laughs> like, dude, what the fuck are we gonna do with this? Like, but at the same time, it does work because. You've already seen what happens to Cheryl in the woods. I'm sure some shit happened to Scotty. Hopefully not the same exact thing. That'd be pretty tough yeah. for him. But that's another scene we have to talk about is the yeah, whole you, you can't talk scene you can't, you can't is, not talk about that. Because I know people feel like it's super necessary and like it's hard to take out of the film. I don't know. Like I have a tough time with rape on film and I know a lot of people do and it's totally fair. I think you could keep the scene in there, but definitely like the whole last clip of penetration it's not necessary yeah and I think it takes away from things especially in the film like sometimes it's better not knowing but assuming and this is definitely a case where I feel that's the thing I know a lot of people won't agree with that but it just feels like it's unnecessary sometimes
0: I agree I think honestly like that scene when I saw like that scene began when she left the house I'm like oh yeah that's right this is coming um and even when i watched this movie the first time back in the day on netflix i was just like this scene is you watch this the for wall. the first
1: time on netflix
0: yeah dude i didn't i didn't fucking know what this was
1: wait you didn't know what evil dead was when you watched it no nobody like recommended it like oh do watch the
0: like i i had seen my uncle um in 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 the basement the family room he had the dvd this and army of darkness i'd Mm -hmm. seen the dvd i didn't know what it was though oh great and i saw i saw evil dead and i'm like oh it's like it it had like one of those blurbs, like sam Raimi's first movie or whatever like oh i'll fucking watch this okay
1: so i know it's not good to do this but we're segueing (laughs) because i think it's really cool to talk about your history and just in general the history with evil dead because i didn't know that you didn't know like you you didn't know anything about it before you checked into it because That's really interesting because honestly didn't give a shit about him being connected to Spider-Man. I was just getting really big into horror movies when I watched it. You know, my mom with somebody who had like a life-size Jason, like um, animatronic for like Halloween or whatever, big horror nut. (laughs) But um, yeah. And he was talking about like love and the evil dead films. And I'm like, Oh, I'll check them out. Like, are they like super scary? Because when you're fucking 13 year old, like the idea of scary is different to everybody. Nobody knows. Yeah. Scary he is like well, Evil Dead Two is really scary, and first one's pretty scary. But what Army, Army of Dark? Hold on, just give me a second. Army of Darkness is like it's not that scary. I think you could watch that. Uh-huh. So I the first one I saw was Army of Darkness, and to be fair, the good thing about all these films, you don't really need to see the other ones. Army of Darkness, you should watch the second one first.
0: Yeah, but I agree.
1: I watch it. I'm like, this is just fucking fun. What's yeah. scary about it? And there's the one scene with the witch, but I'm like, <laughs> that's fine. And he gave me um, the DVD for Evil Dead One, the book, the the book version. The
0: Necronomicon, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Love that one. I I still have it, even though it's like tattered and torn to bits. But like Yeah, you've shown me it before. It's so cool. I've watched that thing on replay over and over and over again. And that was my first time seeing it. And I saw it, I'm like, this isn't like terrifying me. I'm just interested. And that's like one of the films that like really got me into horror because the idea of horror isn't just being terrified. It's about the intrigue. It's about the mystique. The coolest thing about stuff like this is not just lore and background, but like what it makes you creatively do. I see horror movies and I see, wow, they put that type of thing on screen. That's so cool. It has me imagine different things that I could do, different ways to do things, different angles to look at. Like for filmmakers, for artists for anybody that has creativity in their brain a horror film is a great way to jumpstart it and evil dead is one of the
0: best films to jumpstart that i agree yeah like just like a a brief segue before i answer your question man i miss when when special edition like dvds were that fucking cool
1: oh yeah they don't make
0: shit like that anymore they rarely do and if they do it's overseas and you have to import it nowadays blu-rays are so boring
1: you know, James Rolfe did a video about why he prefers DVDs over Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and like, I
0: remember when I saw it, I'm like, really? Dude? I, saw, I, saw, yeah. I saw the thumbnail and I'm like, you're objectively wrong. Like, DVDs are objectively worse. Yeah. But then he's like, well, they were way more fun. I'm like, I mean, you're fucking right. Dude. Yeah, that's the like, thing.
1: <laughs> it's like, watching the video, I'm like, come on, man. Like, why would, why would he say that? And it's like, you know, you used to get a box set and like, you know, the screen would just show different things or like, it'd be interactive. I'm like, Do you know how much I fucking miss interactive menus? Yeah. If you got the fucking Harry Potter films, you could go through Hogwarts. Yeah. Fucking menu. It was so cool. It's like you get a a fucking stupid, goddamn like.
0: It's a basic ass just a menu.
1: You get a gradient menu where it's like play, menu scene selection. It's like yeah, yeah. Oh, sick scene selection special features. What's the special features? Oh. Uh, it's a, it's a gallery. Oh, you have a fucking gallery. Like that's sick. Yeah. I can look at screenshots of the fucking movie. I'm going to watch sick gallery.
0: Yeah. Like the, the, that's kind of the basic. like back in the day, they put money into, into like, actually when you get a, when you get a DVD and you get a special feature, there's actually a special feature. Like you'll actually get like back on the date, like, like, like um, Jurassic park, the DVDs for Jurassic park, they had like an hour and a half documentary on each movie. It's like that's ridiculous, and that like that happens sometimes nowadays, but not often. But yeah, we're we're getting way off track. But uh to answer no your story, no, we're not here. Okay, I'm gonna
1: show you. This is gonna be the gallery for the podcast. This oh, is shit. me for my senior year. Here's a gallery of Duracell. <laughs> cool. You just saw the fucking entire gallery for a Warner Brothers menu, like that's how it is nowadays.
0: Every single one of them is yeah, just a static sucks. image Warner with the Brothers, same exact menu. Oh, bar.
1: I I I look good in this photo, but Warner Brothers is like one of my favorite studios when it comes to films and their menus are dog shit. It's like they said, remember creativity? Remember filmmaking? Go fuck yourself.
0: No more. We're done now. They make some amazing films. They make the worst fucking most dull home releases ever. Like they suck now. They're terrible. Ever since like, like 2013, they just suck. I just don't understand why the person
1: in charge of menus is a fucking graphic designer from 2001 because it bewilders me how even that if you're gonna make some dog shit menu at least make it look like something that came out nowadays yeah. it's a blu-ray blu-rays what came out 2007
0: 2006 yeah when they, the ps3 came out yeah, so they, never,
1: they never updated the entire process of like oh yeah a play button uh maybe keep it like one color tone no it's a fucking gradient blue like Who does that?
0: It's kind of crazy. It's like he just learned
1: fucking Microsoft PowerPoint.
0: (laughs) Like there's early Blu-rays that have like, at least they have like, they play clips during the menu or something. Like at least they have something moving. But like now, especially Warner Brothers, like they're just all static images. Like if I have an OLED TV, I'm going to be afraid it's going to burn into the fucking screen. Like it's ridiculous. Like imagine you're getting a movie and it's Evil
1: Dead and you think of all the action that happens on screen and it's like, yeah, things take time to build. And then just imagine you had a static image of Ash's shot where he goes like... And that was the entire menu screen. And you're like, yeah, do I want to fucking press play? I don't think so. Like, to,
0: be f- to be fair, to, to be fair, um, the 4K is literally just a static image of that icon iconic shot of her putting her hand up you know, like, it cool. sucks like, like sh- it-, it is cool like no the coolest I part
1: i got it on a fucking blanket
0: like- actually the coolest part of that whole thing is i think that a little bit of lightning strikes the screen that's sad that that's what it is crash zoom on your face
1: oh <laughs> but like i don't know man it drives me wild that you have people in charge of creative projects and they said hey man I have the brain of a fucking tortoise as he's gonna get his fucking shell bashed in. So I'm not gonna put any effort into this and you could just die. All right, Cannibal Holocaust. Hey, you and I both know that I actually happens. That yet. I think. Uh, I, mean, like, I, heard, I heard that's like, why I there's, don't. There's
0: animal death in it. All right, well, that's I, I
1: already started off this episode by saying I haven't seen Cannibal Holocaust. That's a bad start, but at the same time, that's I one haven't the reasons either. I, 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 I have not seen that it.
0: I don't have any interest in it. Like, I don't like, We'll oh, do see an episode
1: where we have to both watch it and we'll just talk about it and just be either upset or just glowing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've gone to literally a, a bunch of conventions, horror, and even the comic ones. And like, people have said, like, yeah, it's tough, get to it. And I don't know. And especially like, people talk about how like the violence can be in vain with like some of the Evil Dead franchise. Can't, can't see. really, can't agree or disagree because haven't,
0: haven't seen it. it haven't seen it but i'll say this i feel like it's something that i'm gonna watch it and be like it's really not that bad i hope i'm probably i don't know i don't know if i hope i'm wrong or not but (laughs) anyways getting back on track yeah um you you were asking me um my my history with the franchise literally um i was scrolling through netflix and i saw it there and i knew i had i had seen the dvd before and i i like Obviously, I remember like Bruce Campbell's in all three Spider-Man movies and all that stuff. Like he just shows up in all of Sam Rabbi's stuff. And I never really thought about it. And um, I saw it come up, I read the description for it, and I saw it was Sam Raimi's first movie or whatever. And I'm like, I mean, I'm gonna watch that. <laughs> like this sounds mm-hmm. cool. And I just sat there and I watched it and I was just in awe of the entire movie. When you first saw it,
1: did it like uh, I was super grab
0: you? It was like, oh, this is unbelievable. Or oh, yeah. it, it took had a few me times
1: the... to really hit because like it had me by the throat the first time I watched it. Cause I know a lot of people have that reactions with some films. Like I've said before, like I didn't love Texas Chainsaw when I first saw it. But now if you ask me either. like Texas Chainsaw is one of my favorite horror movies ever.
0: Oh, it's one of the greatest films ever made in my opinion. I mean, evil dead,
1: the first one, it's not my favorite. Like my favorite one's the second one, because the biggest thing that you feel like with this movie, and I bet Sam Raymond would agree. Don't want to speak for the man, but he really showcases horror. Well, but he really has an understanding for comedic elements and that sometimes things that are supposed to be serious in this film almost blend into comedy. And he said, well, if that's going to happen, let's have some comedy. And Evil Dead 2 capitalizes on that. And it that works. 100%.
0: It, um, it, 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 it lives in slapstick. I mean, like even in this one, like they, they have moments where they, ki- they kind of like you can tell bookshelf falling on him. Yeah, I mean, like that's like that. Think, that feels that, like slapstick. It's not I supposed to be, I don't think, but it feels okay, like. I don't it. find that to be slapstick, but I'll tell you, like every time he gets fucking coated in blood, it's it's definitely a joke. Yeah, like he just absolutely gets coated in blood in a, in a ridiculous amount of it. Yeah, like he, his girlfriend, his girlfriend's blood spurts all over his face and in his mouth. Like it, it's so fucked up, but it's funny, and like, it's just like that's kind of the thing. Like the whole running joke, and it's kind of sad because it's like it's it's actually real. Is like the whole movie, Sam Raimi, the whole joke for the audience is, I'm just going to beat the shit out of my star for just whatever I want to do. Yeah, and,
1: and he says that too. He's on a few podcasts where he talks about that, and with his reactions to something, they're just innately funny sometimes.
0: Yeah, like there's He's got a very animated like face. Cheryl
1: will like reach for his head, and you're like, oh, and it's like, that's awesome. I'm laughing, but you're also in a terrible position right now, and yeah. I'm sorry. It's fucked. Dude, come on, you look like that? Yeah. Like. <laughs> he he really grasps him and bruce campbell are the perfect duo because he knows what his director wants and the director almost
0: builds a scene for bruce Campbell. yeah and usually it's a, it's a scene to beat the shit <laughs> yeah poor guy man dude i was watching i i even put it in my notes man when 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 he gets thrown into that bookshelf i was there looking I'm like man i really hope he doesn't have like permanent fucking brain damage from that like it's just like he he yeah. gets clobbered constantly in this movie it's, he gets his ass kicked that's so funny though they're like yes they're like they're like the way he
1: falls dude it's like stuntmen stuntmen? Uh, like the way he just shings his arms like oh man it's like that and then again like
0: he gets he gets thrown through furniture all like oh my god the things that he has to do it's so fucked up and it's like you know there's obviously there's no stuntmen because they don't have money for that shit so like he's just getting thrown through actual real like getting hit like that bookshelf's hefty like, look at that thing. That thing is hefty. And that thing landed on his body. <laughs> like, like Jesus Christ. I mean, hey, it sells. It really works for the movie. Yeah. And everything feels really brutal
1: because it is. Yeah, for sure. You just feel bad for him because nobody else has to deal with that shit. <laughs> at yeah, least he's, a, he's the only person.
0: The only he's the only Same for like I think someone gets hit with a lamp, and that's like the worst thing. Like he's the one he yeah. gets the most punishment. Easily. I think
1: Linda gets some shit that happens to her too. Yeah. Um,
0: there's the scene where
1: Cheryl hits her too, and she goes flying. Yeah, I mean, so, I'm sure Cheryl didn't have fun with the whole, yeah, you know, tree scene. Uh, I don't have fun with the whole tree scene. So yeah, none of us <laughs> do. I don't think That's does. so not true, man. I don't I want to people, think about that. Though. I know people <laughs> love that scene, like people, like, oh well, just me saying that, like ah, yeah, I think it's just too much sometimes. People like you're dumbass. It's like yeah, I'm a dumbass, but it's not for that opinion. Like that does linger for a bit, and like it's a lot of times less is more a lot of great horror films it's like sometimes you don't have to show it and it makes a bigger difference
0: if a lot scene... of times in horror
1: movies you don't see shit happen you don't see someone get brutally murdered the way you think you do and in this scene i didn't need to see someone get penetrated by a tree the fact i'm already thinking about it that's tough enough let alone no. actually seeing it happen
0: and it's like oh yeah it's it's like alien with the allegory for for impregnating her with the evil or whatever it's like i get that that's fine i understand the symbolism and the weirdness to it but if you just pan the camera up and filmed her reaction rather than seeing the actual fucking penetration it would literally be a more disturbing shot in my opinion
1: i don't want the scene gone i'm not saying get rid of it yeah personally not a big like i said not big on whole rape and in oh, film but like this the scene serves a purpose you just don't have to show that penetration happening that's the only thing
0: yeah and it's also i mean like it's his first movie he was learning and yeah. all that stuff and it's something like he's never done anything like that again yeah um so like it, he and like it's I mean, weird I, to say but it's also it not a studio bench. film yeah. either it's like it's not a studio film so yeah. it's like he could do whatever fuck he wants yeah for um sure. so like when, when we get to evil Dead too like I mean, honestly, no. I mean, Evil Dead Two is still in the '80s, so like, it's a little bit different. But like, yeah. you got you get to Evil Dead Twenty Thirteen. They still kind of do that. Yeah. They don't show it, show it, but like, they kind of still do that. So like, you could <laughs> you could probably still do it, but there's definitely a more. Uh, I, I hate to use the word artistic, but there's a there's a better way to to do that scene. Yeah. Than doing it like that, in my opinion. Yeah. If you like it, whatever, that's fine. Um, yeah. And, like but,
1: I get it. Like I totally yeah. get it. Some people just like the
0: unrelenting, just like raw, disturbing factor. That's the
1: energy of the film. It feels raw. And that's like, that's why I said like, I get it. I'm not saying people would be wrong for liking that. It's just a personal thing. That last image, a little too much. You could do without it, changes nothing. But like you said, raw is the perfect way to have it for some people. And I get it. It's just not for me. And like I said, it's weird to say, but to me, that is a nitpick. It doesn't ruin the movie. I still love this movie. It's just one small thing that takes me out of it. Immediately though, I get right back, brought
0: back right by the end of the film. So it doesn't really make a difference. So yeah, at the end of the day, it's a moment in a, in a film that is not that big of a deal. It's just something that sticks out. I, I kind of want to circle back though. I don't want to talk about just the plot of this in general though, because we kind of, we kind of glazed over all that. And I think that like this, this movie lays the groundwork for what this franchise would eventually be just by introducing the concepts that it has of the the kandarian daggers the kandarian demons the are deadites the the necronomicon all that stuff bringing that all uh yeah in that big there's a big exposition scene where they play a tape recorder and it's a little bit of a crutch but it really works because the the narrator does such a good job just making it really creepy but i think the again beauty and simplic- simplicity that the whole, the whole this whole movie hedges on the fact that they just came up to the cabin for a weekend and and that's kind of the the um maybe the the part of the most disturbing part about it is just like they were just trying to have a fun weekend and because stupid teenagers stupid stupid, sucks Scotty's a fucking idiot i literally wrote down in my uh in my notes uh because they did the scene where ash is trying to give his speech at the at dinner i said ash is a fucking doofus and literally not five minutes later scotty does something that's like just him just being oh it's it's the scene where it, when they're going into the cellar and oh, like, oh maybe, that's maybe there's awesome. an animal in there and he's like yeah an animal. so stupid yeah he's like but well that's, that's the stupidest th- thing i've ever heard and i'm but, like wow scott's a fucking dick oh <laughs> but
1: that scene's perfect because when they adaptate it for the musical you get oh, the best really number ever because an animal that's the stupidest thing i ever heard god what a stupid bitch and that is so fucking funny uh have you heard
0: it's the delivery
1: i know I, i've shown you a few bits but have you heard like the entirety of the musical
0: no and i, I keep a saying like like awesome. musicals i want to just awesome it's like i want to watch the musicals like they're not doing you can't musical anymore i can't watch uh, it anymore so i was like yeah. i just gotta listen to music at this point that's awesome i i, yeah. I think it's so funny it's definitely based on the second
1: movie more because they follow the I whole no stuff
0: doubt. um it's also like henry f- like, and 20. everything so
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously um, one of the songs about being an SMART employee and finding love yeah. in SMART, so good. But yeah, that's that's the stuff that the film does. Like it sets up so much things to be brought back. You brought up like the Kundarian dagger and everything and the tape recording, which I love the second movie and having the tape recording play a part in it and be a character as like the father. I think it works better as just being narration in the first film. I think with it being narration, it works stronger, and it doesn't take take away anything, and it has you asking questions, yeah, and you don't get any answers, which is kind of nice. He even says how like his wife turns into a demon, and you don't see it, and that's awesome. And it tells you better why it happens in the second movie.
0: It's also how they figure out, you know, the way to 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 finish off a deadite is bodily dismemberment excuse is how they figure that out yeah that's i mean like it's it's definitely an important scene like i'm not i'm not even trying to nitpick it for for being um exposition it's just it had to happen that way yeah um because these are people that, like they're not related to the whole situation they're just there also talking about that that basement scene um i know we were talking about it earlier today i think and uh the whole like they go into the basement and they find all the stuff like the, the economic on the counter and dagger the tape recorder all stuff and there's a goddamn hills have eyes poster in the background.
1: Yeah, I definitely didn't remember that for like the
0: other times I watched her. I just didn't think about it, but that's so funny cuz it's just there. The only reason I remembered is because I know that there's like a back and forth between um West Craven and uh, and Sam Raimi because they do the whole thing where in uh Nightmare on Elm Street she's watching uh Evil Real Dead Dad. Yeah. on the TV. Um and I think they do it again. I can't remember. Um, I, I can't remember what they do it with, but they it, it does they do it more than once. And it's, again, I believe in Evil Dead they do something. But yeah, I I I've always i whenever I, I rewatch a movie, I see that I just I just get a chuckle out of it. Yeah, um, just because it's so blatant. I kind of like that about it. Yeah, like, it's like they they ripped it so they're like maybe maybe they're afraid of getting copyright infringement <laughs> or something. I don't know.
1: But it has the <laughs> entire word there. It's like they ripped the
0: corner. It's like oh, his head's kind of missing or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you can you can easily tell what it is, but it's not the yeah. whole poster, so maybe they wouldn't get yeah. in trouble for it. But I always, I always found that really amusing. There's so many funny things in the movie that lead to
1: other stuff. But I think one thing we have to talk about that can be funny unintentionally is the characters more. Like, we bring up the whole thing about Scott, like, yeah, it's the stupidest thing I ever heard. But, like, even some of the stuff with, like, his girlfriend, where she just says random dumb shit, and it's like... Yeah, they, they play up the whole stupid teenager thing, which this film is the reason why I hate stupid teenagers in horror movies, because they have to at least be likable. Linda says some dumb stuff like, hey, I think I had ESP when she's getting all the questions. Yeah, right. I was literally. And that's great. It
0: it's stupid. It's really funny. She's,
1: she's stupid, but she's endearing.
0: Actually, like, no, but, but there's a really good part about that, though because she's sitting there reading off the, they have the card and she's they, they obviously put the camera there so you can tell yeah. that she's an idiot and exactly. she actually doesn't read the card but the 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 thing is that like something that's really funny very quickly becomes scary because the um she Cheryl. has a sister in the corner yeah. Cheryl starts re- actually reading the cards off yeah and then turns around and that's when you finally get that shot of of the deadites and the, and the the horror really the begins. way she monologues it too is perfect it's creepy
1: like especially because the way it's paced it's like a song like how it speeds up ever so slightly,
0: and it's like, all right, dude, calm down, please. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it, it definitely is dread-inducing, and and that's kind of like that's kind of like one of the things. Like it, it's like they show you the inkling of brilliance that the same. I mean, like the whole movie's, you know, especially technically is 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 brilliant for Sam Raimi. So it, it, the whole movie is like that. But as far as being somebody who really just showcases horror in a very, very like visceral way. It's it's one of those moments where it's like, you know he can do both just because in the same exact scene, he flips the switch. Yeah. And, and, and it just gets relentless after that. There's no more, oh, there, there's still humor, but it, it's very, very dark. Um, yeah,
1: there is still humor though. I think that's the only, not problem, but I think people need to realize, I don't think Sam Raimi can go back to just full-on horror. Like this film was him saying like, Wow, I have a strength with this. I kind of have to utilize it because if I don't, I think it, my film might like structurally suffer. Yeah. And I think this film was a great way of running that test that like sometimes he's just naturally gets humor or he naturally gets timing, so
0: he can't lose that anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if they if the if the humor wasn't in this movie, and yeah, it's dark humor. Yeah, him getting coated with his, his girlfriend's blood is dark humor by definition. Yeah. Um, without that. I think this movie would be anxiety-inducing, at least back then. Um, you know, I think so some of it would fall flat
1: too, though, because it just the humor doesn't just add levity, but it, it adds like charm
0: to it too. Yeah, I mean, like it, it would get nu- it might get numbing after a while. Yeah, um, if it was just pure horror, because I mean, there's movies that do that. I mean, literally Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, there's humor in Texas Chainsaw a movie, little quite bit. A bit, especially in the beginning. Yeah, but like again, like like this movie, there's a certain point where it's just it's not funny anymore. Yeah. Even if even if Toby Hooper thought it was funny, it's not funny. Yeah. Um I think that you need sometimes you need something to to break that tension because there's a point where you're gonna just make people numb to the horror and that, again like with that scene with 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 the, all, everyone in that room and they're reading the cards up. Like the whole movie they're still building up to 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 that big reveal. They're still building up to all that the switch flipping is what really makes that scene work and makes the transition into the full on horror work. And so when they're flipping back and forth, it's a keeping you on your toes and B it's, it's making it so it's not one blanketed tone and it's not shifting too much out of the horror. Cause it's still like, it's still like the imagery is still fucked up. Like someone's coated in blood, like it's still messed up. Not just that also to go back to some of the characters and stuff. The characters are
1: fun and they have to be somewhat endearing. A lot of times you see movies where like they make teenagers just like fucking unlikable. And I mean, all of them are unlikable. It's like, oh yeah, that way when they die, you like it.
0: Jason goes to hell.
1: They're not even teenagers, which is the worst part. True. They're all all full grown dumbasses. Which
0: makes it worse.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. I hate that movie, especially with this being evil dead somewhat have a connection with the movie because the necronomicon's in there it's like hey yeah. guess what i don't care if it's in the movie your movie still fucking sucks ass you need to don't have, have to some merch my evil dead because he's like oh jason can be like a dead eye it's like yeah no he fucking can't dude shut up
0: yeah like whatever but that doesn't matter if like an ash is not the one who shows up at the end so like why does it matter
1: yeah i mean like i know a lot of the setup for Freddy versus jason they were definitely talking about having ash in the film but yeah, they actively read this wrote a script for it. That's why they made the comment. Yeah, out of it. and I think that's cool. And I think it's the only way to really finalize by saying, "Hey, yeah, if we have a protagonist like Ash, you don't mind if Freddie and Jason die, but still, people be kind of pissed off about it. Yeah. So we got
0: no one who no one wins.
1: <laughs> yeah, but even besides that, characters, yes. a lot of them can be stereotypes. Most of them are stereotypes. Scotty's significant other, girlfriend, or love interest, or just girl who's with she arguably doesn't have a character. No, she she really is just that. Another just, girl. Exactly. Scotty is the headstrong, aggressive, duh, like carefree archetype character who would sometimes mostly be the lead, but in here gets switched out with Ash because hey, what do you know, the sensitive guy has to learn to like not just take care of himself, but watch out for everyone else around him and and fail. His friends are his enemies. Yeah. And that's great asha's the one who's a full fleshed out character i think if you just watch the first half of the film you could probably really not like cheryl be like okay she's getting kind of insufferable knowing the actress does the total 180 when she becomes a deadite it's like you'd think it's a different actress entirely
0: yeah it's played perfectly she's she's really scary i mean like honestly i mean actually now i think about it, like i was gonna say like oh all the deadites are, are cool but like really honestly no. it's just cheryl and linda um, and like Linda, I think like,
1: Linda can get annoying when she's a deadite. I, I find her. her, She's meant to be. I, I definitely feel that.
0: Oh, yeah, but. she's supposed to be. Uh, and that's when he, he fucking gets up and duffs her like three times. I, I find her just sitting in, in the corner there, not corner, but sitting in the doorway, cross legged, freaking laughing like a hyena. That's nightmare fuel. <laughs> I mean, as it gets better, like she's just, she does get annoying. But yeah, that is the point.
1: Yeah, um, I, it's definitely the point. It's just sometimes it's, it's a little much. Like when they drag her through the, the woods the first time, it's like, that's great. And I, I like that scene. But there's a lot of times where she's just in there with Ash and there's a lot of laughing. It's like, I get it. I know what you're doing. Tone it down and we can progress. And it just she was like, ha, 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 ha. It's like, even Cheryl taunts her more. I wish Linda being the girlfriend would have more scenes where they taunt her. I don't know if like they didn't trust the actress to do it or Sam Raimi's like, yeah, I don't really care about that right now. We don't have time to to, like flesh it out, but it feels like she does just become like, yeah, she just laughs and like, it's terrifying. And the fact, you know, that she was the girlfriend is enough. It's like, yeah, it's really not though sometimes when you feel like Ash could be more invested in more hurt. If you have Linda saying some mean shit or Linda really showcase, like they have the scene where like, she switches back to human Linda and it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's sweet. That's a nice moment. I like how, if you know the franchise, you expect it to happen. It happens in every yeah. movie now, but when that first happens, you're 45, maybe an hour into the film when it happens, it's like, oh, cool. I didn't know that was going to happen. It doesn't happen again after that, which is perfect. One time is enough, Yeah, but there should have been other scenes where just have dead Linda taunting Ash, really attack that it would have showed him break down more. And, you know, I'm not saying have a crazy runtime, but less laughing, more talking. <laughs> That's all I yeah, would have I mean, a little bit you, more.
0: You wouldn't have to really change runtime so much as just give her lines.
1: Yeah. Even if you don't have Ash responding, just having her say some shit as she's getting dragged or whatever.
0: She does. She does a little bit like when he gets, when, when are outside um, when he's burying her, but not a lot. And yeah. mostly her, her, her contribution is the admittedly creepy, uh like we're gonna get you not another peep time to go to sleep so yeah she doesn't really get a whole lot to do other than laugh like a fucking hyena but i think it's more so the image that makes me creeped out than anything else um and like like talk about like those those contacts they like from what they said on set like they were really uncomfortable oh
1: yeah it hurt a lot for a lot of their eyes yeah um and like hey good for I, that they they were champs i think it's like the way they crafted it they were saying how like it wasn't meant to be like that so like a lot of the eyes were just burning when the contacts were in so like they couldn't yeah. have them in for for too long cuz it was just insufferable
0: i think it was i think i don't know if they had like the solution to clean them or something like there was something there was something really like uh like yeah about that um also like the blood that they use for the movie i can't remember what they because i read um i I read the book uh uh the the first book that's written by uh by bruce campbell um i can't remember what the name of it is it's if chins could kill is one of them and then there's another one
1: i mean Um, i wouldn't know i don't know how to read so like i can't give you first-hand information (laughs) there's there's two autobiographies why'd you you laugh
0: because you can't read that's just kind of fucked up it's true i know i know there's a, a there's a, a video is, there's a is, movie if chins could that. kill the new one though if, if so it's um if my name is bruce is a movie i know that's a movie i know it if was chins could kill, a is first first two, though, could kill the first book. i think yeah if chins could kill the first book the the second one is hail to the chin uh, um, I, and i've listened to both he, of them he did a new book
1: recently because when i went to the signing to get him to autograph the necronomicon he was talking about like oh he was having the people sign for the book whatever and it's like yeah that's great love to get your book i brought the fucking evil dead book i'm not just gonna not get that signed
0: yeah the 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 um the second book um hail to the chain came out like 2017 so it was oh, rather new i think when you went then, there. yeah 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 because i think i saw um, him 20 was it
1: 2019
0: yeah The yeah no yeah yeah yeah, yeah it was yeah. 2019 the first the first book came out in like 1999 or oh yeah yeah I know that so, was nowhere near yeah but like in that book they discussed evil dead obviously is a huge part of the book um a like this movie took a long time to shoot cuz they shot most of it and then they ran out of money so they had to come back and shoot it um that's why like they started shooting it like 78 I think late 78 and then into 79 and then it came out in 80 um and they were talking about the, the fucking blood mixture that they used it I can't remember what the, the what they used in it, but it is foul. Uh, and yeah. he was like coated in it. And he was talking about how like it coated his pants and like froze. Oh, it, was yeah, coated, yeah, it coated yeah. him head to toe. And it was like he, it was it was horrible. And he was like trying to shower it off. He couldn't get it off. Um, it was it. It just sounded so unpleasant, and it sounded exactly like a Sam Raimi movie. It, it was just—I hear him talking about like, like after watching this now, because like I haven't seen Evil Dead since I read the book. So I, I, read the book, and then now I've seen it, and I'm watching him get coated in the blood, and I'm just thinking about how horrible it was, for him. <laughs> and I feel even worse for Ash. So that's another thing about horror films is
1: a lot of fucking actors go through some terrible shit for a low pay, and because yeah. the film has a low budget. And and it possibly sucks, no but return. it
0: works really well for some. It feels it feels bad for like the ones that like they go through hell for a movie that doesn't do well. Yeah. Oh, dude. Speaking of films that
1: don't do well, have you watched the the movie Demon Wind? It's very much no. meant to be like a. Rip you off you of showed me that. a clip. Oh,
0: when we were that doing, shit when, is so bro, good. When it's... we were when we were doing our our um our at the time it, we only did it for two years, but our yearly like watch it watch a horror movie every day. You yeah. were watching that at, at work uh, on lunch oh, shit, and you yeah. showed it to me. You showed me like so heard, like, funny 10 minutes of it. And I'm like, I have to go. Like, Oh man, it's so funny. <laughs> it's such like
1: a bad movie, but it's, I'd say sometimes it's so bad. Just stop. Not so bad. It's good. But there's yeah. some stuff like,
0: <laughs> wasn't it with Joe Bob Briggs though?
1: Yeah, I mean, if it's going to be that'd a bad be movie, I got to have to have him. Like, that, give me, that'd like, be a few fun. It like, doubles breaks. the
0: runtime, though. Like, it oh, it's so worth long. it.
1: It's funny because he doesn't mention it being like Evil Dead. He's like, yeah, it's kind of like Friday. It's like, this is 100% Evil Dead. There's like a book where it like, brings in demons and everything. This is 100% Evil Dead. The main character's got like a girlfriend, and it's like, oh, he shows her ass or whatever, and they're together. It's like, yeah, but like the best friend character, that movie is so homoerotic. Like, those dudes <laughs> are fucking. They're straight yeah. up fucking. Because it's, like, when the girl's gone, he's just, like, damn. But, like, when the boy, like, when his, like, best friend's gone, he's, like, hey, man, you mean a lot to me. And, like, no matter what, like, our bond is never going to be broken. I'm, like, hey, I'm all for, like, you guys. But, like, this film needs to acknowledge they're gay. Like, (laughs) they're definitely gay.
0: So what you're saying is it's, like, Night Realm Street 2. Uh, yeah. Maybe slightly less.
1: I don't think the best friend in that movie is nearly as, like,
0: no, he's not participatory. He, I don't think he's like no. He's not... But in Demon Wind, dude, they
1: they just they just mesh well. You know, they're cute. They're cute together. <laughs> they they just vibe, right. they're just vibing, bro. Why
0: can't Ash have a cute boyfriend? Scotty, he's dead, <laughs> <laughs> and he
1: abandons him.
0: That's another thing. So,
1: like, like I, I like I, that scene where he says, I, "Like, get your own girlfriend. Take care of her." It's like good because I think it's a realistic trait especially with that character
0: yeah i see like when i was watching it i was just like fuck you like you're an asshole but then i'm thinking but then i'm thinking about i'm like you know what? when you're in a situation like i've never obviously i've never been in a situation like that but if you're in that situation and you think about it you're like my girlfriend i killed my fucking girlfriend exactly and so it's like i'm just like, like, I'm just desperate now. I'm out of here, dude. Like, I I, yeah. just, I, can't do it. I killed my fucking girlfriend. What am I gonna do? Like, dude, I'm gone. See ya. You, Ash, you, good. Every man for itself. Goodbye. If Ash was smart, he so. would have
1: trained quads, picked up Linda, and then just ran a marathon. They yeah,
0: were, like, but when you see what happened to Scotty, you know, maybe you shouldn't have do that. It's not my
1: fault they fucking don't do
0: leg day. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like, actually, that's, that kind of reminds me because, like, a lot of times during the movie, like, I think Scotty gets his, his leg scraped up or it was one of the girls maybe like the um like the the dead like um
1: that happens to ash,
0: she, ash L- like it happens his, to somebody else linda too,
1: scratches ash a lot and then cheryl yeah. does it later on again in the
0: film how he yeah. has a functioning leg beyond me yeah but my my thing though is that um that's kind of how like the evil was transferred like, like people were getting scratched up and stuff and yeah. like the evil was transferring people to people so i'm thinking about like the ending of this movie is fucked but Thinking about it now, even if the evil didn't come through the house to get his ass, he's dead. It's over. That is assuming...
1: Possibly. The way I look at it is you can you could head candidate for 100% because the way that the movie ends, it's like they have tracking shots that show the evil before the book even gets talked about. Yeah. So how lethal that evil is or, or whatever, if it's like the same amount of like the penetration with that happens to Cheryl, who knows? So maybe it's just like a demonic wind for all we know you could say that when he destroys the book he
0: destroys the evil so ash wouldn't be infected anymore you could uh, say that but who knows? I, I just think like you you might be completely right maybe that's sam Raimi's intention i don't know but to me it read like i think it's very Economico. open-ended. he didn't have yeah. he didn't it's have like,
1: an answer which is
0: smart yeah it's like to me it's like well it's because it wasn't supposed to be a franchise anyway yeah. but like when i'm, when I'm looking at it, i'm like you know, it seems to me it's like yeah, like Bur- burning Necronomicon like ended the stuff with the uh, with the with the the deadites that were currently turned. But the fact that the the evil comes through the house means it doesn't mean the the evil's gone. Yeah. So I, I just found like I was watching. I'm like that's that makes the ending like double fucked. Like yeah. it, it's really screwed up because even if the evil didn't come after him, like he might still be screwed. I always like to interpret it as like
1: that evil that follows through with the the camera is not as strong as everyone thinks it is unless the book's been activated because like you see that stuff is a lot of shots before they do the reciting. And it's like, well, maybe it would just be like, it would fuck them up or be like a ghost charging you, but not do any real damage. But who knows? I like that. It's open-ended. I wouldn't want answers to the question. That would just kind of piss me off. And that's what I feel like a lot of stuff like that. You do have some director telling you the answer to it nowadays. And it's like, Hey man, don't do that. (laughs) You're I leaving figure it, it out for a reason. But yeah, or like, I don't want to figure it out. Like, I like the idea of not knowing. Yeah. And that's one of the best things about the film. And like you said, this wasn't supposed to be a franchise. It benefits from being its own solo film, but the coolest thing about the film is that it does set up enough stuff, like the monologue about, oh, I killed my wife and, and stuff like that. And the like the, the end where he does get attacked by whatever the, the, sh- the camera's following. Like, you have things that can say, we could always do another one if we wanted to, but we don't need to. And that's what's smart about a lot of films, especially in the 80s, that do that. I mean, there's yeah. some that, like, you could argue the shock value at the end of Friday the 13th. It's a great scene, but it almost ruins the movie because it's like, well, you almost have to follow up on it.
0: Yeah, you have to some, do something. You, you
1: don't want things to feel like
0: it's, it's needed, but you could go further. I love that in a film. So I know we're not talking about Friday 13, 13th, but like with that, it's like they kind of like fuck themselves because they they were trying at the end. They're like, "Oh, we're gonna have this final jump scare," but then yeah. they're gonna be like, "Oh, well, there wasn't a boy. You just fell off the boat. We watched you. Basically, we fought, watched you fall off the boat." So I, it's like, "Oh, he's <laughs> not actually there." I, I don't want to get into Friday. I'll go. Yeah, we'll on be here forever. for we'll be here for five hours. Yeah, that's why, that's why we deliberately didn't choose Friday. Yeah, I don't want to do that. So. It's like but
1: I love the franchise, but. Yeah. That's why I think Evil Dead is the perfect franchise film. It's a film that didn't need a franchise but capitalized on it. Nightmare, the franchise almost ruins the movies because it so much stupid crap happens where it's like I don't need it. Halloween, the franchise almost ruins the first movie because everything being connected takes so much away from it. Every it's, time it, they it's continuity the
0: continuity is fucked too.
1: Yeah, there's three different continuities and besides the remake right now, and there's, not even, there's not them. even
0: time travel they didn't even fucking up with time travel they just decided hey we're not gonna do this anymore yeah switch to something else and it's like besides the
1: new continuation with the 2018 movie is awesome. everything just ends so badly whether it's the resurrection timeline whether nice. it's the the goddamn thorn trilogy timeline like everything there's that no happens,
0: concrete good satisfying finale to any version of the timeline in that franchise
1: no 100 with the new one that came out like unless we if, ignore who, resurrection who knows if it's going to happen again i do <laughs> who knows if i it try to again you know that's don't that's feel the like thing i'm most scared about with the new
0: halloween movies is that i'm afraid that they're they're like oh man halloween 2018 was lit and like watch halloween kills will be really great and then they'll just fuck it up with and halloween that's ends. the
1: problem with franchises things aren't meant to be franchises sometimes in evil dead you're not follow like you're following ash And you couldn't have the film without Ash, but you have the lore. You have the Book of the Dead. The Book of the Dead is the star. If you don't have that history there, you have nothing to it. Michael Myers as an entity is not enough to continue an entire franchise. I'll watch the hell out of whatever comes out with his name attached to it. Don't get me wrong, but there's a reason Halloween 3 came out. It's because we don't need to continue that and it feels unnecessary. So let's start new. Didn't work well. Let's go back to Mike. Okay, cool. But with the book of the dead, you have a constant evil that could always be brought up at any random time. Go after that. Sometimes a premise is more
0: important than an entity. And and the nice thing about about the whole the whole just the concept of of evil dead and the franchise with the Necronomicon all stuff is you can go a lot of places because the nice thing about like the cool thing about like the main franchise, at least the first I'll say like the first two, is they only deal with part of the stuff that's in in the uh the book of the dead i mean like yes we're not like we're not there yet but ash versus evil dead brings up a whole bunch of other shit that's not even thought about in the first film or even the second film so there's a lot there's a huge there's huge potential for a lot of awesome ideas which they do explore in in ash versus evil dead um and hell even even in in army of darkness they take it a little bit differently um yeah i think think they flesh out the the evil the most in army of darkness until the show i mean i think i think the nice thing about evil dead the first one is you can watch this movie and just watch this movie yeah because really the franchise
1: is the way you put it from the beginning it's
0: like this film states you can do
1: so much with simplicity but you could always create more what's better in a film than that
0: Yeah, I mean, like this one has a beginning and an end. Like it ends the movie. I mean, like it's it's an open ended ending, but it's still an ending. Yeah, it's not a sequel tease. The franchise doesn't begin till Evil Dead Two because Evil Dead Two has the sequel tease. Yeah, that's
1: Uh, the only doesn't ruin the movie or anything, but like I don't like cliffhangers in movies because it feels like it makes the film less singular. Yeah, and I don't like having that at the end of the film. But it's I mean Two is still my favorite, but. I like a film to feel complete whether it's a sequel or anything i like a film to feel like it's its own entity and i can watch it by itself Yeah, and that's why evil dead is so strong because like you said there's a harsh difference between open-ended and sequel bait yeah one is necessary for finishing a franchise and the other is just good at
0: making your mind work
1: yeah i mean like, i even, like thinking
0: i like yeah. using my brain <laughs> yeah i mean like even like you you were bringing up halloween earlier like again like a good a good comparison is like halloween's ending is open it is an open ending it doesn't require a sequel though like it, it the movie ends but it do, it leaves you with a lingering open conclusion rather than a hardcore like we know michael myers is dead conclusion um, and that's interesting and that's another thing like about this movie like the ending of this movie is iconic like the whole hit, the the um the evil rushing through the house, breaking doors down, and taking out Ash, and ending with him screaming, and then cutting to that fucking goofy music, is iconic. Something that's emulated like a lot
1: nowadays with like modern horror films too. Like the whole idea of like of um tonal clash with like a constant terrifying image, and then shifting over to like an upbeat goofy song, like. A lot of modern directors like James Wan, uh, Jordan Peele, will do stuff like that because it showcases a shift in tension. It's like, it's unnerving.
0: Yeah, and it's like, like it's one of those things where it makes you sit there in the theater and just like stare at the screen for a second. And you're like, oh, that's fucked. Oh, 100%. Um, and even the director the director's like, oh what what you're you're scared by this it's just yeah like, la- but also i was sitting there I, like um i usually like when i finish a movie like i don't sit there i don't sit through the credits but as i was i was getting up to to get all my stuff ready and then come upstairs i sat like the, the movie was still playing and the kind of fucked up thing about it is that that song plays for like a minute maybe yeah and it gradually shifts into this the terrifying score yeah and it's just like that's that's cool i'd never noticed that before um and don't you miss that that? yeah and it brings you it brings it back to being scary
1: yeah and like don't get me wrong something's nice about like having a movie end having a little bit of score and then some cheesy song or whatever that like fits the decade like yeah bro i love
0: just from a rose bro
1: don't bring up that song unless (laughs) you want me to sing it but like i love stuff like you know friday part six where like they have um The Man Without a Mask by Alice Cooper plays at the end of the film because it's perfectly in tone with the movie. And like sometimes it's nice, but sometimes it's good to have a real horror movie end with just like a little bit of scare right at the end. Like, yeah, it's tough, ain't it? Yeah, we're not happy anymore. Neither (laughs) are you. (laughs) That's sick. And and now you're gonna be stuck with that image.
0: Now you're gonna be stuck with that image of just the (laughs) evil, just rushing ash
1: there's nothing better than an image that sticks out at the end of a movie for good or less. Like remember when I was talking about sleepaway camp with you, it's like, I wouldn't, I didn't (laughs) love
0: the movie. I'm talking about a fucking ending. I
1: didn't love the movie, but like the ending shot is like terrifying to me. Yeah. I was like, I, I hate that. Mostly because like the mask is just so off putting. Because it doesn't look right. It's not, yeah, it doesn't look
0: super real, but it looks real enough to be disturbing. Yeah, and it's like oh, and then the music yeah. starts like it cuts. The, the ending is a freeze frame image over that with the music playing. It's just yeah, like, I <gasps> okay. I hate that for some I'm, reason. That I, ending, I love that.
1: That and Yeah, I hate it for because I love it. I hate it that it works so well, but it's you could almost like watch the last half of the movie <laughs> and be like, "This movie's fantastic," because like the rest of it yeah. is like,
0: like, like. I'm not gonna lie. That's a movie where like the ending kind of like makes the movie better.
1: Yeah, like, if it, better. if you didn't have that movie. And that way, I don't think it'd be even like nearly a good movie. I mean, but that one like, thing like, just I, I like
0: the off kilter nature to that movie, but it's there's some there's some stuff in it which just like yeah. technically bad, and some of the acting is I, I'm, I'm so atrocious. Yeah, so like I like that's that's a movie that's tough to watch. Uh, when I watched it the first time, I'm like, why do people love this so much? And then you get to the final like 30 minutes of the movie, and like, bodies start dropping, and that finale happens, and you're like. Oh, okay. But yeah. I think that's what's so crazy about a lot of films
1: in the 80s. And like that film is very similar to Evil Dead in that manner because like a lot of characters aren't characters. A lot of them are stereotypes. Bodies just drop. They they really stick into humor with stuff like Sleepaway Camp. Like there's humor in Evil Dead, but it never takes away the horror. But in Sleepaway yeah. Camp, it's like there's tome, There's so much tonal shift that it just is off-putting. Scenes don't hit the same way and like, yeah. I understand yeah. it, but I mean, that's it why just... you need a film like Sweep Camp to showcase why Evil Dead is so good. You, I'm you not saying like Sweep Camp, Camp is, is, is like the shits are like not a good time. I would definitely recommend it, but like, that ending is super prominent with that film, and without it, it would, it would make or break the film if it wasn't there. If you didn't even have the ending for Evil Dead, I'd still walk out of here being like, I love that movie. But the ending yeah. is just the final cliff note saying, all right, what's there not to love?
0: Yeah, free rate. Another no, movie where, where, where it it keeps, it just tells you, um, it, both movies just tell you how important tone is for different reasons. A hundred percent. Yeah, like um, and they do tone one, one in the good but, and one in the bad. Yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, like, like again, like, like I don't want to keep like like harping on sleep, Sleepaway Camp because this isn't about Sleepaway Camp, but like Sleepaway Camp has like a really important reveal that is completely ruined by a performance. Yeah. By the aunt, like it's it's that bad. Oh it's yeah, like, it's charming earlier, just because it's like it's like what the fuck. But when you get to that reveal, it's like you can't have that when but you're that, having that reveal.
1: I think like we don't want to talk about Sleepaway Camp Friday or how we'll get to but, it eventually. But the reason that like Evil Dead it's is so good is because Evil Dead hits on so many things that are prominent, especially in A's horror that just capitalizes. Hey, not the strongest characters make do with what we can and make the best out of it. A lot of horror tropes that are synonymous with the genre. We take that, we take it to the next level. Gore, animatronics. It's in there and it's prominent but doesn't take away from the storytelling. There's so many things that are staples of especially 80s horror that Evil Dead does and just knocks it out of the park. It's tough to not compare it to other films because a lot of times they do it better or they do it just as good as the classics.
0: Yeah,
1: and I think I that's why I always come back saying, I love this film. I love how it does this and that because it just reminds me of everything I like about that genre in that decade and says, yeah, this is just awesome.
0: Yeah. Like I
1: said, the second one I think really lends itself more into the humor and lends itself into being more creative. And that's why I like it more. But the first one is an awesome, well structured film that has everyone saying, yeah. I kind of want to check that out again or come back to it. I mean, well, I can't say everyone. I know some people differ on that, especially female viewers. I've come to learn this film with females, very drastic, different tone. Not just for like the tree scene that I 100% can understand being like a make or break it. But just in general, like I put this movie on sometimes and go to sleep and I'm like, all right, it's good. It's yeah, I know it sounds weird. Don't give me that face. But like Dude, I, I, this, I I fall
0: asleep to slasher movies all the time. It's but not, like
1: maybe. I put this on a lot and I fall asleep. And like my girlfriend will be like, you could put on anything. You could put on anything. Every time I hear one of them scream or something, because when they yell, they really yell and they don't yell for like a second. They'll have yelling for it. a constant two and a half minutes. It's like when I hear that, I wake up at night and I get so angry at you. It's like I sit there and I'm like that really sucks because I'm still sound asleep, or I don't know a goddamn thing.
0: Yeah, uh, we've we've talked a lot about this movie. Um, I think we've covered pretty much everything that we could probably cover for now. Um,
1: yeah, it's, see it's it. just a
0: it's just a classic movie, and like, yeah, there's some aspects about it that haven't aged well. Some of the makeup isn't great. Um, you know, it, it's a movie that definitely is of its era. I can see why some people might not like not be afraid of this movie, and I get that. But, we but put f- off. Based purely off technical craft, the cinematography, the score, the sound editing, all that stuff. Like, like, yeah, it's not, the, especially sound editing is not the greatest in the world, but for the budget, it's really good. And especially the cinematography. That is one of the biggest reasons to watch this movie just because it is such a wildly, awesomely shot film. Oh, 100%. Uh, I, so I remember inventive. talking
1: to you beforehand about one of my favorite shots is when Cheryl's screaming and, and Ash is holding her and the only light you have is the headlights on them and they're surrounded by darkness. It's like, yeah. that is a perfect shot to encapsulate this mood. It's almost surprising they didn't make a cover out of that for like the image because yeah. you could do it, but they didn't. And, you know, I like it more because it isn't that if it was, maybe it would kind of not sit as well. But yeah, I think that's a perfect shot that you you wish you could have in a film. To de- one shot that describes the film and everything you need to know.
0: I agree. But yeah i mean it's it's a movie that i think every horror fan or anybody who's getting into horror should watch at some point easily i mean the franchise in general is one to watch but yeah i just wanted to uh to ask you what if you were gonna uh, like all, all rays are arbitrary it doesn't really matter but if you were gonna give this something uh, you know a rating out of five out of ten whatever you want to use for a scale letter grade what would you give this i really
1: don't like rating like super biased
0: films because it's just like not a fair rating yeah
1: you know it's like oh what do you give it uh, 10 out of 10 but like that's to me it's like every rating's bias biased but it's like all subjective. for fan favorite films it's like it feels so unnecessary because i'm only coming at it from a perspective like of a super fan like i went and brought the necronomicon to bruce campbell to sign it. i waited three hours in line to get that signed the people in front of me were somebody that had a stone from the actual set Adam. of evil dead yeah from yeah. the first cabin and like i wouldn't go to that length of something and that's after I had a super vacation with my girlfriend, I was like, Can we please go do this? And she's like, Fuck, come on, it's supposed to be about us, but the, come on, something for me. Please, I want this. Like, <laughs> like, I love this movie, and it doesn't feel fair because I'll go through all the lengths of stupid shit like that, but it's not a perfect movie. And if I had to unbiasedly give a score, I'd probably say it's like an A, not like an A plus, because there are some things that do weigh it down, not just for the decade, but just in general, feel. Unnecessary knowing what Sam Raimi could do with films after it, you think, okay, cool, maybe this is a little excessive or not necessary, but this is still a fantastic movie. The best way to describe the film is do what we can with what we're given, and that's why I love the movie. The second one, personally, my favorite, and I think really says the most about what Sam Raimi can do as a director. People a lot of the time say the second one's so good and it retells the first one, don't even watch the first movie. That's a super injustice because a lot of things won't hit the same. If you don't watch the first movie, you will not understand the tone or what it means to get into this franchise without watching the first one. I don't I think it's just a good movie or like something that like, Oh, if you like evil dead, definitely watch the first one. It's a necessity. If you yeah. want to get in this franchise to not just don't see, skip it, not just see where Ash starts off and how different of a character he is. Like if you watch this movie, it's not the same character at all from Ash versus evil dead from the end of the series. Yeah, but to see how it progresses is n- not just necessary, but like it's endearing. You get to see why people love this character. If you watch the show, uh, him being a misogynistic asshole, it gets kind of it gets kind of old. Watch the first one and see how the character grew, how he became a joke, but also a fun-loving guy, and really see what Bruce Campbell can give to this role, and really take a chance to say, "Fuck it, I don't care." I want to get into this film. I want to get into this franchise. I'm watching the first one.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't disagree. I'll say this like subjectively. I mean, it's also subjective. doesn't really matter, but like if if I want to just go based purely off of just my enjoyment factor of the movie, I have to give it like, I I agree. I'd say, I'd say an A, like, I think you're, you're probably right. Um, it's definitely not like, I I remember I used to be like, this is my favorite of the evil dead franchise, but after we watched them, like, yeah, there's still some pro there's some problems for sure. Um, if I was trying to be in any way kind of objective, just looking at it as a as a movie, I mean, it'd probably be around an eight. Like, it's it's got some some real like like yeah, I like the like the characters are likable, but there there are some of them that like literally just don't They're get hollow. anything to do. Yeah. yeah, like they literally don't get anything to do. And the only character that really gets something to like truly gnaw on is Ash, and even that, yeah, some of it's kind of yeah, but um. As just a pure enjoyment factor. I mean, I have I have nostalgia for it from when I was a teenager and it was a blast to watch. And even re-watching it like these, like I was telling you before the show, like I got hit with with fucking three of the um, the the jump scares and it got me again. So like it I there's definitely an aspect of this movie that does keep me hooked that is just like, yeah, I'm not gonna say that I don't enjoy this movie. It's it's great. It's is a great movie, and like it, it is something that it it is a landmark film for horror you know we had we had like the herschel gordon lewis gore films of the um the 60s and all that stuff but like there and there's been gore in movies from before this but this is this was like a different level for a lot of people um and it really did pave the way for certain things and just like just again like the technical craft like you can't deny it um it's just a really well directed movie so yeah, I would I would definitely say an a' is, an A is is fair on both counts, but if I if I really had to take the piss out of it, it'd probably be about, about an eight eight point five.
1: I would I definitely agree. Because it's just like there are some things that don't hold up or things that could be changed. There's just something that nice about like watching an old film that is low budget because like not only is it fun to watch, but it's also inspiring. Seeing it makes things me feel that, like I can make a movie. Yeah, and not just like feeling like you can make a movie, but it's like there's something that just feels like kind of not sickening, but it just feels like an overabundance of films that not just feel too polished, but like overly crafted. There's too much. It's too cluttered. It's just like... a, yeah. And you get a nice, simple horror film where like, you know, the director just put his all into it and some things don't work out, but he really tried. Like sometimes that's better. And like, I look forward to that in a film way more than seeing something that's like two and a half hours of just, Super polished and like driven garbage that just
0: meanders. I don't know. I mean, for a movie of this of this budget, it is an undeniably ambitious movie. Yeah. And even 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 with the constellations they had to make due to budget, like the, the they still went for some things like some of the shots towards the end of like them, they're doing shots above through the rafters of ash walking through the cabin yeah. the shot of him walking up the stairs through the stairs it's like there's some amazing shots as right. the film goes through
1: i want to show this first uh i said i got him like to autograph the necronomicon i always look at it but like it's not like a super detailed necronomicon it's just like somebody's like shitty replica mm-hmm. so i never really liked, like opening it but like i like checked it out right before um you came back and I never realized that like when he signed it, he wrote burn this on it.
0: <laughs> and I was like,
1: oh, that's man. awesome. That's awesome. I really never cool. burn it though. Cause I fucking tear up. I love evil dead. I know my friend here loves it just as much. Yeah. And I hope that you've enjoyed our conversation and I hope you tune in for other films we talk about because you know, just with most horror films, it, It does just feel great to get through, have an experience and feel like you get a huge impassioned viewpoint on stuff like this and you want to talk about it. Evil Dead's a great starting point and I can't wait to keep it going. And thank you so much for listening and joining us and I hope you come back next time. Thanks.